This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This episode of Believe is brought to you by Cryptid Coffee Co. Use promo code BELIEVE on checkout for 10% off their angry Yowie coffee blend. Head over to cryptid.com.au to check them out. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. I can tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. We've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like the feeling, I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling, like you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight down the tree. All we get is a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Cade Moyer, and you are listening to the Believe Paranormal and UFO Podcast. If you have had an encounter and would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to leave us a rating or review wherever you listen and head on over to our website, believepod.com, and consider becoming a member to get bonus episodes and video content. Tonight, I'm joined by Doug Moffat, who used to be an investigator for UFO research in New South Wales. Doug, welcome to the show, mate. Yes, thank you, Kate. Pleasure to be here. It's cool to have you on. I uh, I haven't had a lot of UFO researchers on the show, so I'm very excited to talk to you because it's a it's a very interesting world, uh, the world of UFOs, and I can only imagine the the rabbit holes that you could go down when you become a, a researcher for it. So what got you into researching UFOs in, a, in a, an official capacity? Um, well, going back prior to the official capacity, which happened in about when I was about 33, uh, or in about 1992, uh, that's when I joined UFO Research New South Wales as a investigator. But prior to that, I ever since I can remember, I've always had a fascination with all things space. Um, and so it was a very natural progression for me to go from, uh, to go from, you know, being interested in, in, in space and rockets and all that kind of thing and the universe to, uh, I say it's like going from, astrogeology to astrobiology you know one is knowing what's out there and the other thing is knowing who's out there yeah yeah absolutely and when you when you took the the leap to doing this from i guess a a hobby to i guess something a little bit more official like what was that what was that like for you did you feel like there was a stigma around it because you know, back then, the the whole UFO culture wasn't what it is today. And, you know, there, there's even a stigma around being interested in UFOs today, even though the, the US government has come out and mm-hmm. published papers saying, you know, UFOs are real. Uh, yeah. We don't know what they are, but they are real. But there's mm-hmm. still a stigma around of, you know, you're, you're a loony if you've seen a UFO. Yeah, well, I mean, we have to blame, you know, predominantly CIA for that without wishing to sound too much like a conspiracy nut. But if you go back to the Robertson uh, committee, um, 
it was formed in 1952 after the famous UFO UFO flyover over the White House in 52, which was seen by, you know, everyone and their dog. Um, And because this was at the height of the Cold War, 1952, um, the Robertson panel, which consisted of intelligence personnel as well as uh, physicists and scientists, uh, determined that Russia could possibly use a alien invasion uh, as a precursor to a real invasion of the US uh, by creating panic. Um, so in order to, to destabilize that potential weapon, um, psychological weapon that the USSR could use, um, it was decided by the Robertson panel that all defence and um, intelligence organisations were to debunk the UFO phenomenon. And they've been, you know, I mean, they're not so much doing it in very recent times, you know, because as you said, the, the, the Navy is now coming out, even Barack Obama is is on record as saying these things, we don't know what they are, we don't know, they don't seem to observe the laws of physics as we understand them. So there's not many places to hide these days, but certainly for the for most of the last 70 odd years, um, there's been a big job done in debunking and ridiculing the subject and a lot of that is still sticks yeah absolutely you know there there was a massive disinformation uh i guess i would call it an act that happened and like you said it, it really does stick around today and it's one of these things that is completely ingrained in popular culture to to yeah. almost ridicule people who have seen you know, things that don't really make sense in the sky or, you know, weird lights and stuff like that because it's kind of like, you know, I'll have what you're smoking or, you know, yeah, how, yeah, many, yeah. how many mushrooms have you been eating type of thing, yeah. which is, mm. you know, it's it's a real shame and a real injustice to to what people have seen. And I guess the, the thing that's super interesting about it from my point of view is that um, the, the level of, I guess secure security when it comes to international security um or i guess the thing that i find interesting is just how it affects national security because mm. who knows what these things are and what a danger they they potentially pose to you know major nations like the the US and and others like that yeah well there has been there have been instances where pilots have been and this is part of the, there was a 1500 page, uh, documents, 1500 pages of documents released by the Department of Defense recently, um, due to, uh, pressure from, uh, a fellow called, uh, Green Street, uh, who used the Freedom of Information Act to get this material out. And a lot of the information there, had told of a lot of pilots that have had close encounters have had um, some have died um, and some have been seriously ill um, in one of one of the medical people who were was talking about this said that um, of the pilots that uh, were affected like we're talking about a pilot being in his in his plane and the UFO coming and they can feel heat. They've been said that they can feel the heat and see the light of the object, really bright object, and they can feel the heat in their face. And um, they, they apparently have uh, brain effects similar to multiple sclerosis in as far as the um, the, 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 uh, the... I'm just trying to think of the right word. They, they basically, their immune system is attacking their brain. Uh, which which is what happens with multiple cirrhosis, and um, so there's these white markings on their on their brain, and um, yeah, so and some pilots. Um, there was a famous case in the 1950s where a, a pilot went after a UFO and um, uh, came unstuck. You know, um, so there have been occasions where uh, uh, pilots have been either ill, made ill, or died. Um, in reaction to close encounters with these objects. 
Yeah, it's something that I think the the world is really just starting to open its eyes to. But I guess the the what I'm actually really curious about is what was the perception like of UFOs when you first started investigating them, and you know started taking records and and things like that because. You know, that, that would have been close to 30 years ago, I, I would imagine, at this stage. And the the UFO landscape has drastically changed. What was it like back when you were you were first kind of starting out? Like, what was the, I guess, the impression people were, were having when they had a UFO encounter? Yeah, well, I mean, it was one of the things that, that drew me, not only my personal interest in wanting to understand the mystery, um, but also I felt rather resentful of the fact that people were not given uh, the respect of being able to say, I saw this and, and, you know, and not be believed. I said, how rude, you know, like, um, you know, and when I was doing investigations and things like that, you know, all of the time I would do them over the phone because, you know, they're talking about a sighting that they had the day before and there was no landing or anything like that. So there's really no point going out there. I can get all the relevant information I need to over the phone. But, you know, one of the things that I, you know, for anyone who's sort of said, oh, you know, all this UFO stuff, just they're crazy or they're making it up or, you know, pranking or hoaxing or whatever. Take... I would talk to families a lot of time because they'd be like mum, dad, and the two kids all saw this thing on the back veranda. And I'd be speaking to the mum or something like that. And I'd ask her a question. Was it blue, then green, or green, then blue? How, you know, which, what, what, oh, hang on. Um, and then, you know, it'd be like, was it blue or green? Oh, and one of the kids would pipe up. No, it was green, then blue. It was definitely green, then blue. Oh, okay. So you've got this whole family, right, around the phone for 45 minutes talking to me uh, and sometimes longer. And, you know, why? <laughs> if if it didn't really happen, why would they do that? Like, is there not a better waste of your 45 minutes than, <laughs> than that? You know, like, I, I couldn't think of a reason. They, these people were not, you know, they weren't obviously not delusional, uh, you know, not the whole family, you know, not delusional at all. They, there was no sting in the tail. There was no hoax. There was no prank. There was no, they weren't making money out of it. So... You know, anyone who says that this was just a, you know, whatever, like, please tell me why. Why? You know, if these people weren't fair income, then why why would they spend time talking to me about it? So yeah. that's that's you know. a really good point that you bring up because I get the those same types of questions for people that I talk to and you know, people friends, family, you know, they they will kind of say to me, you know, you these people surely can't be telling you the truth. And, you know, I kind of give them the same spiel that you kind of just did is, well, why would they waste my time? Why would, why would they waste their own time to, mm. you know, go through all this effort to, to come onto the show, to, to mm. tell a story that's, you know, potentially bullshit. And yeah. what, what do they get out of that? Like they get exactly. a joke around with their friends and go, Oh, look, I got on that. I got on that podcast or because not everyone that I interview will even get onto the, onto the show you know some people just it, it just happens that way sometimes and there's quite a vetting process to get onto the show if you have an encounter so you know there's a lot of and like and i would imagine that's the same for you that there's yeah, quite well, a I mean, few again, you know it's like you were saying before they have everything to lose because we're talking about the 90s when yes like the, the and again you know i was media spokesperson for the group for for 20 years and i had to religiously put up with jokes about little green men, anal probes, um, you know, all this sort of thing, you know, and, and there'd always be the X-Files theme before, you know, before I said a word. So, you know, this, this was regular stuff, you know, before I even opened my mouth. And so that was, the, that was the, the environment it was. So, you know, like, as I said, for people to, you know, not only a waste of their time, but also to to set themselves up to to look foolish at a time when, if you did have a UFO sighting, you kept it to yourself. I can remember being um, badly misquoted by a journalist. I think it was the Sydney Morning Herald, and 
I explained to him that, and I was very particular the way I explained it, I said, everyone who's either seen a UFO or knows someone who has seen a UFO, even if they don't know. And by that, I mean, your hairdresser has probably seen a UFO or your grocer or, or your butcher. You know, I could go on and on about all these people. Do you think they're going to come up in the middle of a normal conversation and say, by the way, I saw a UFO last night? Yeah. Yes, yeah, spot on. And that's it. You're, you're so spot on with that because the, the thing is with these, with these types of encounters, you know, like be it paranormal, be it a, be it a Yowie or a Bigfoot or a UFO, the, these things don't discriminate about who gets to see them or who gets to have those experiences. No. It's, it's a case of, you know, right place, right time or, or wrong place, wrong time, depending on the, the type of encounter. Yeah. You have. Yeah. 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 There's a bit of both. I mean, it was interesting. I, I approached a, um, I approached a, uh, the head of a psychology unit at the University of Western Sydney, um, and just asked. It wasn't very hopeful, and I didn't get a yes uh, in regard to doing research on, you know, like I said, okay, you're skeptical about UFOs, and you think that these people are delusional or whatever. Well, okay, you got a psychology unit, you know, let, let's let's find some commonality between these people are they all this are they all that do they all have uh, excessive imaginations i mean you're a psychology unit you know put to, put together a questionnaire you can do all this sort of stuff let's find out if these people have some common denominator um and one of the things that i because a lot of people poo poo the idea of uh, of um uh you know uh ep sorry you know extrasensory ESP, extrasensory perception, or that kind of thing. But um, I would have but, – but, but universities and things like that have been doing tests for decades and decades on this side of thing, and it's a real thing. Some people, some people can guess seven cards out of ten and, and regularly guess seven cards out of ten, and other people, like the norm might be two out of ten or one out of ten. And these people continuously do seven, and there's no tricks. It's just, you know, it's a university test. So, you know, ESP is real. Whether we don't we don't understand it or they don't understand it, we, we all really don't understand it, but it, it certainly is real. And I thought, well, you know, can't we do some tests on this? Because I think, I think certainly, as you said, it, it's right place, right time, or wrong place, wrong time, depending on the circumstance. But... I would also be very curious to find out whether if somebody had a high level of ESP, uh, they were more prone to have sightings. One of the reasons why I was wondering this is because most people have one major sighting in their life, maybe sometimes two. There are some people that have maybe 10 ongoing and all this sort of thing. Like, that's not chance. <laughs> How does some person have 10? Like, why you know um and i can remember doing some investigations and you know this isn't a specific thing but this is an example of the sort of thing that i used to get was it might be a a older woman and she's out in the backyard and she's watering the garden and she said i was just putting the hose on to the tap and for some reason i looked around and there was this ufo now what made her look around I guarantee that woman had probably higher than normal ESP. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I agree with you on it. It's it's funny that some people seem to to almost be magnets for this type of thing, and some people are just lucky to see what they saw. It's it's something that I can't explain. I kind of find that uh, it doesn't just happen to to UFO encounter. Uh, encounters either it it happens to people especially i find in the in the paranormal world it's kind of like a um the way i always kind of say it when i'm talking to to the person i'm interviewing is they've kind of opened up a door and once they've opened up that door you've seen both sides of the of the spectrum then and there's there's really no going back so you know they know of you you know of them and now you've almost got this mutual agreement where you can kind of interact with each other. And now a quick word from our sponsor. 
quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as I said, I think there is a, an element of that. I think it's a bit of both. I think there's an element of chance, um, but also, you know, because of it. I know there's a fellow, Damien Knott, who um, has done a lot of UFO photography. Um, and he he used to say he'd wake up at three o'clock in the morning and get up and with his camera and wander around outside and bingo, pick up some, you know, some UFO footage. Yeah, Damien's... Like, what's uh, going on there? Yeah, exactly. And and Damien's a, a good friend of the show. He's uh, he's come on a couple of times and mm. uh, I regularly talk to him and he... The, the encounters that he have are genuinely mind-boggling and uh, kind of frightening because, you know, they've, they've made him... You know, quite sick at times, and yes. uh, you know they've they've physically affected him, and you know there's just there's just nothing to explain it. No, no, and you know, well, as you know, you know he's been you 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 know Damien obviously pretty well, and you know I, I had a lot to do with him too when I was involved with the organisation, and uh, he was a guest speaker on several occasions, obviously. Um, and you know he he's a very grounded person. Absolutely, he he will be the first person to, to say, "I don't know what these are. They're just always around me." Yeah, and and so he has, as you said, that portal is opened for him. So that's why he gets up at three o'clock in the morning and bingo, you know, he's got he's got UFO on, on film, um, and where he goes, you know, it's it's it, it seems to have some sort of a connection to it. Now. It's interesting too, just to go on a slight tangent, is that my belief is that I know we say UFOs and ETs, but I think that um, VATs is probably a more correct uh, synonym, and that is uh, uh, visitors from uh, and uh, with advanced technology, because I'm open to the idea that a percentage uh, extraterrestrial, a percentage are interdimensional, and a percentage are time travellers in the future. And I think they're all three. Because if you look at some of... The, if you look at classic abduction cases, for instance, um, quite often these people are, you know, immobilised and then taken through a, a wall or through the ceiling or through a window. Now, that would indicate interdimensional beings rather than extraterrestrial beings because I think physics on this planet would be very similar to physics on Ceteriticuli. <laughs> you know, you can't go through solid matter. But if you're coming from another dimension, um, we're talking about, a, you know, as we understand different dimensions, they, they, they vibrate at a different frequency. So the idea of going through solid matter, if we were to travel to the sixth dimension, would we appear as ghosts? Would we be able to communicate with anyone? Would we be able to walk through what is solid matter in the sixth dimension? You know, I mean, these are all questions we don't know. Yeah, and it, it's a really cool concept. I, I do like that. You know, I'm I'm pretty much along the the same lines as as you there, Doug, because you know, I'm I'm a I'm a big believer that these things are, in my opinion, probably more time travelers than anything because. You know, I think that explains why there's there's cases of missing time, um, yeah. or where people have been abducted and it feels like they've gone for for hours and hours and hours and they've returned back and it's 
it's been, yeah. you know, a moment of time, like barely nothing at all. Mm. And, mm. You know, could that could mm. that be something that can bend the the rules of reality? Uh, who knows? But I, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm always so open to to the different, I guess, avenues that UFOs provide because yeah, the, the it really is quite a an endless rabbit hole that you can go down when it comes to you know what these things possibly could be. Yeah, well, I think I think you know, as I said, given that, and particularly given some of the the, again, different categories. I'm not saying they're all one or the, you know, again, each of the, I, I look at cases and I go, hmm, that sounds like a time traveler, hmm, interdimensional, hmm, extraterrestrial. Uh, big, and a lot of the warnings, the warnings of, of the, uh, about the environment, now that indicates to me time travelers. They're coming back and saying, look, you know, look after the planet, look after the planet. I mean, okay, there could be ETs as well, but it, it you know, it, it, it's almost like, a parent coming back and saying to their children, watch out for the road, you know, you don't want to get run over. I got run over and it's not fun. So there's this warning which would, would indicate future people. Also, um, one of the other intriguing aspects of the, you know, of the phenomenon, VAT, <laughs> you know, phenomenon, what do you want to call it, um, is that, you know, they, they, as I said, they have these various different aspects, you know, that there are aspects of each of these three things involved. And also the idea that some of these uh, beings that people see are virtually could walk down the main street of any town anywhere in the world and not be seen as being different. So, you know, that would indicate that they were coming from the future because they were basically the same as us. And if 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 they're not coming from the future, then that would lead to the idea that we were genetically fiddled with a long time ago, um, you know, and seeded by by their genes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it could be that who knows? Maybe whether we were just left behind and uh, the the human race left Earth. A million years ago when we just kind of rebirthed ourselves from whoever was left remaining at the end of the day yes yeah and, and of course that would explain a lot of the you know a lot of people who believe that you know things like the pyramids and were, were power sources um you know and that the their level you know the atlantis legend and so on that our technology that we we tend to think we're at the top of our technological tree now but there's a lot of people who believe that we were even higher um, in the ancient past. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a really cool topic. But I, I do want to go on a little bit of a tangent here, Doug, because mm-hmm. I have a question that it, it's burning in my mind. Because <laughs> uh, you 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 brought up Damien Knott, and uh, when whenever I talk about Damien Knott, I, I always think of this really cool uh, little phrase that he kind of told me is that the the human element is the most interesting part when it comes to the ufo experience because um it's it's our human psyche that kind of decides what we're experiencing at that moment in the sense that you know if there's an orb in the sky it's a it's a ufo if it's in the trees it's like a min min light but if it's in the house it's a it's a paranormal encounter mm. you know like it's a mm. ghost mm. So my question, like a long way to, to kind of get to that, is that have you found uh, throughout your years of like investigating and, and so on that you found any correlation between, say, UFO encounters and paranormal experiences? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, there has been, again, cases that uh, definitely have poltergeist-like uh, behaviour. Um and yet there is also a, a, a uh, UFO element to it as well. So, yes. Um, now, it's interesting you should, should bring that up because we, we can, when we look at the paranormal, um, we're thinking, you know, okay, a lot of the obvious go-to is that, you know, it's a ghost, it's a poltergeist, it's, a, you know, a spirit of some kind. But... Again, it comes back to what I was saying about the interdimensional beings. I think a lot of poltergeist, you know, not just UFO-type poltergeist situations, but even purely poltergeist situations may be interdimensional beings that somehow have uh, crossed that veil. Yeah, it's... 
it's funny because the the world of the paranormal is it, it's so vast and some of the things that kind of get explained from from people that I've spoken to um, anyway really do lend themselves to what you could almost call alien encounters and mm. for me I feel like it they it's a hop skip and a jump away from what these types mm. of uh, I guess mm. experiences are yes yeah I mean again you know there's a lot of similarities between poltergeist behavior and and some UFO events um, and then in interdimensional time traveling and all that kind of thing so um yeah, I think obviously we're dealing with, you know, when we're talking about not just UFOs or interdimensional time travelers or, or the spirit world, um, we are dealing with something that we have insufficient information about to make definitive calls on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying we shouldn't speculate. I, I'm one of the biggest speculators on the planet. You know, I love speculating. It's fun. But, you know, as we have to accept the fact that there is a lot of this, which, you know, and you, you were talking before about the rabbit hole. I'll come back to the rabbit hole for a moment, because when you were saying earlier, you know, there must have been a lot of rabbit holes, you know, to, that you're confronted with when you go into the UFO phenomenon, which is very, very true. And and if you want to go the poltergeist or, or, or spiritual paranormal, it's much the same thing. And I think I take what in a lot of cases, I take what I call the neutral position, the neutral position. Like, for instance, um, there are people that are convinced that we have an Earth space fleet like star trek like you know in in, in, craft capable of traveling to other planets and that we have an earth base on mars and on the moon you know like virtual cities um now and, and a lot of this has been supported by you know very credible people um and some not so credible um so my position is, is on this is, well, I haven't been to Mars lately, so I really don't know whether there's an Earth base there or not. Um, perhaps there is, perhaps there isn't. I don't think there is. Personally, I don't think there is. But I am not going to argue with anyone uh, uh, that there isn't because I don't know. So taking that neutral position is I think we're all entitled to have our own opinion as to whether we think something is this or think something is that. But to argue, you know, against something when you have insufficient information, um, I think is is not helpful. Oh, 100%. And you see that in every single one of the, the I guess, you see that in every world of investigation, you know, be that Yahweh's, be that UFOs, be mm. that paranormal. And, you know, I just, I just really wish some investigators would just say, you know what? I don't actually know enough about that yes. to, to have a, mm. a credible opinion on that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I, one of my favorite sayings, you know, as a, as a UFO spokesperson for 20 years, one of my favorite, I don't know. Where are they coming from? I don't know. Um, well, can you speculate? No, I don't. I've got three minutes on this TV show. I I really don't want to use any of that three minutes in speculating because I, I've got a whole bunch of facts here that you really need to know about. So I didn't want to go down my personal waste time um, giving my personal opinion on something when there is so many really good facts that, uh, that people should know, and you know. Oh, and and the thing is, at the end of the day, Doug, and and this isn't like a shot at you or or anything like that, but mm. personal opinions don't matter. Yeah, I mean they're fun to talk. You know, if you want to have a dinner with someone and have a glass of wine and have a chat about it, it's great fun. But you know, if you're trying, like I looked at when I was uh, the media spokesperson for the group, you know, I mean I looked at it as a, a, a very important job. Um, I was trying to get people to realize that we are not alone in the universe and this UFO thing is real. Um, and I think it was really important um, for people to know this. And I think for a number of reasons, I, in my show to the radio show today, I, I mentioned, uh, I quoted two people um, 
And one was uh, Tom DeLong, the former uh, lead singer of Blink-182, uh, and also John Lennon. And to paraphrase both of them, because they basically said the same thing, that when people realized that this UFO, because John Lennon, of course, did see a UFO uh, in New York City um, from his apartment. Um, and if people really knew that this stuff was real, it would potentially change everything because it is a conscious, expanding knowledge. You know, once you get your head around the fact that, you know, we are being visited by beings from God knows where, whether it's another planet, another dimension or the future. Um, once you get your head around that, all sorts of things you begin to question, like how silly is countries? You know, having a country here and a and different country here, you know, when when basically we're all humans. And it was Ronald Reagan who said on a number of occasions, one of those occasions was in front of the United Nations, when he said that, you know, I often wonder um, if we were faced with a threat from outer space, how we would realize that the differences between countries, nations, religions, races, everything was basically nothing, you know, and it wouldn't matter what race you were, or what country you were from or what religion you had, you know, it's like, it's us, they, them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, it blows my mind, Doug, that we've basically been given, you know, a, a form of disclosure where the, the world's governments have come out and said, yeah, UFOs are real, but it's almost like the world didn't care. And for, I can't fathom how this is not the biggest news story on mm. every channel on TV every night. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess it's because, you know, for a lot of people, the the societies or the society, the structure of our society um, is designed to keep us busy. Um, it's designed to entertain us in certain ways. You know, uh, TV, you know, what have you. Um, keep us busy through working and, you know, and doing this and doing that. And, you know, people seem to care more about whether they're going to get 20 bucks less tax, you know, if this government is elected or that government is elected, than they do about pondering um, the nature of, you know, whether we're being visited by intelligence from elsewhere. Um, and I think one of the things, you know, one of the quotes that I particularly like from Albert Einstein, and he's, there's a lot of quotes that I like from Albert Einstein. He was a very wise person, as well as a very, obviously, a, a genius. He was very wise as well. And he said once that, you know, that the world would better be a better place um, if we thought more. He said we only... It was actually, he was misunderstood because German was his first language and English was his second language. So he, he wasn't great at English. And what he was what he was basically trying to say is when he said that that we only use ten percent of our brain. You know, and everyone goes, Oh wow, you know, we only use ten percent of our brain, you know. Now I actually followed this through with a uh I rang up a university um and, and I spoke to one of the people that was involved with ECGs and that sort of thing. And, and, and so what is this Albert Einstein saying? So we only use 10% of our brain. Is that, is that so? Because I was thinking, what will the other 90% do, you know? And, um, well, two things. Firstly, he said, we probably only do use 10% of our brain, but it's not the same 10%. So if you're looking at a ECG or something like that, we're mapping the electrical impulses in your brain. You know, if you see images of violence, a certain part of your brain will light up. Um, if you see images of, you know, a kitten, a certain part of your brain will light up. So so it's just, it's not all happening at the same time. But what he also pointed out to me that what Einstein meant was that phys it wasn't though physically we were only using 10% of our brain. We weren't putting aside the time. We were only putting 10% of our time to really think and the other 90 percent of the time we're just reactionary yeah and i would believe that i could i could tell you with the 
the way the world is at the moment and, you know, especially with, uh, I guess, how the media pushes its narrative, the people are just on autopilot. And you can see it. You can see it there. People are manipulated by the media. They're manipulated by social media. Mm. Everyone mm. carries devices around. The people are probably listening to this on devices that, you know, they, they look at for eight hours a day and, mm. you know, really just block everything else out on. Yeah, well, because it's just, you know, I, I guess it's just, it's a cultural thing, you know, and, and it's a cultural thing because that's the way society is constructed. You know, it's, it's, uh, oh, you're wasting your time. I, I used to get, um, when I was at school, you know, I'd quite often get comments on my report card because I wasn't great at school. You know, dreams too much, has too much imagination, you know, off with the pixies all the time, you know, because I wasn't staring out the window. I was thinking, you know, and, and, and I've always liked thinking. It's one of my favorite things that I like to do. Um, and when I think, I like to think about big things, you know, not not small things, because big things are more interesting. I'm with and that's you. probably one of the reasons why I got attracted to the whole UFO phenomenon, because, you know, we're talking about something that encompasses the entire universe. That's a big thing. Mate, I don't think it gets any bigger than that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know. I, I can I completely understand the you know the the draw to to becoming a a UFO investigator here, Doug. I can imagine it would have been a, a really fascinating time throughout your life, and you know I, I imagine it's something that you'll probably do till uh till you've been asked to stop, or, or you know you just physically can't do it anymore because you know I think we're living in a super super interesting time when it comes to the uh the world of ufos and you know people Mm. bringing out more information now more than they have in the last 50 years you know the last five years has been tenfold on what's been decades before that so you know i think the i think this year specifically uh at time of recording is 2022 i think we're going to get some real massive bombshell information drops uh, before the end of the years even out. And, you know, that's going to switch that whole phenomenon on its head well, again. There are even, you know, I'm, I'm obviously on a lot of social network uh, UFO sites, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you know, and I'm connected with a lot of UFO groups all over the world. You know, that's naturally, that's my thing. Um, and, you know, one of the arguments that goes on is like, have we actually had disclosure, you know, like, have we actually had it and we don't realize that we've had it because it really is that close. As you said, the, the government's, you know, the government is basically saying, yeah, you know, like, we don't know where these things are coming from, but we're 99.9% sure they ain't Russian or Chinese and they ain't ours. So, you know, hello, they're, they're, they're that close to basically saying, look, you know, they're extraterrestrial, interdimensional, time travelers, whatever. Yeah. And when they do that, my goodness, we are going to run out of toilet paper worldwide because <laughs> all I learned in the last two years of, you know, worldwide crisis is that <laughs> store shelves seem to empty real quick because the world goes crazy when, when big things happen like that. Well, I mean, and there's also the argument that, you know, have governments you know, actually been doing us a favour by covering this up, by denying it, by debunking it. Because if the truth is that the the level of technology displayed by these craft is vastly superior to our level of technology. So we've just got to hope that they're friendly dudes because if they ain't, we're stuffed. Yeah, exactly. You know, it really comes down to the, the old um, anthill metaphor you know are we the the ants in this world yes yeah so i think that you know uh i mean i I don't i don't i don't have any concerns about them you know as i said i do believe that there's a a spread across the three different areas extraterrestrial interdimensional time travelers um and they all have different agendas all of them have got slightly different agendas or maps majorly different agendas i don't know um, but all very different. And I think that it, it falls thus far, it falls in the category of they're either friendly 
or or, or it, it's neither friendly nor, you know, I mean, if you were a lab rat, would you consider the scientist to be friendly or not, you know, um, or is it just doing a job? Is the scientist just doing a job, you know, like, so, you know, I think these are the things we don't, we don't obviously understand in regard to this. But certainly, you know, any sort of Independence Day-like situation, um, either there there are no bad guys visiting us at this point in time, or the bad guys haven't found us yet. Because if they want, if the bad guys were already found us, um, you know, UFOs have been seen for a very long time. You know, like I mean, the modern UFO era started about forty-five, but. There's been mass sightings of the airships in the late 1800s. And there yeah. was a huge fight in Nuremberg, Germany in the 1500s that yeah. was documented, um, an, an aerial fight between all these craft. So, you know, and it goes back even further than that. And you've got cave paintings and things like that, the Wangina up at, you know, the Kimberleys and, and, and Peru and the Incas and, you know, on and on and on. Um so yes, they've known, they've been visiting for a very long time. So if they wanted to knock us off, you know, like what about the middle of World War One or middle of World War Two? You know, we, we would have been sitting ducks. Half the world was fighting the other half, and our technology was much less than what it is now. So no, I'm not concerned that you know. As I said, maybe there are bad guys out there, but then that then begs the question: Is there some kind of a, you know? galactic federation or something of that ilk um i again because there are so many i believe there are so many different beings visitors from so many different areas that and and some of them have far more advanced technology than perhaps others do and i i don't think any well i think two things firstly any aggressive ets by nature what we understand nature aggressive beings tend to wipe themselves out you know they tend to have a fight with themselves before they have a fight with anyone else um so and the other thing is that you know yes would would all these other beings that are visiting our planet for a myriad of reasons just stand back and let some someone come along and take over our planet i don't think so it's an interesting thought process and, uh, it's, it can go so many different ways. And, you know, I think the, the thing at the end of the day is that an individual's perspective plays a major role in, in how, you know, they would interpret or I guess see an event like that ever kind of playing out. But yeah, it's, it's, you know, really fun thought exercises. And I think that's one of the best things about UFOs is that, you know, they can get you to think different. And think of these possibilities, you know, that may or may not happen or may have already happened. It's it's just the the rabbit holes go so many different ways. And, you know, I think it's I think it's the the most fun topic to to talk about with with anyone, because I think anyone in this world could, you know, relate to to a UFO. Everyone knows what a UFO is. And yeah, yeah, it's the easiest thing in the world to talk about. Yes, and, and, and everyone has their opinion whether they think it's, you know, even if they think it's a lot of rubbish or whatever, you know. Um, you know, I mean, they're, they're very ill-informed if they do think it's a lot of rubbish. Um, and, and you know, and I guess that's the, the job, you know, one of the things that, you know, I feel that, you know, yes, I, I still have to do. You know, people out there that are not woke yet about this subject and um, they need to know um, some of these facts, you know, some of these really excellent cases Rendlesham Forest um amazing case you know so well documented and seen by you know the the, the deputy base commander <laughs> saw one of the craft oh you know abs- absolutely and the the amount it we, you and I we, we're kind of preaching to the converted already but yeah, yeah. the the I, for me it's just undeniable and uh you know mm. people like yourself out there who are you know doing the who are doing or who have done the the hard yards of you know being the investigators and going out and talking to people you know you're the mm. the unsung heroes of the of the UFO phenomenon because you're the you're the voice for the the silent minority out there who 
who don't mm. want to come out and, and talk about this stuff. So, you know, my, my hat really is off to you, Doug, and you Thank have you. been one of the most interesting people I've spoken to. You're, you're really easy to talk to, mate, and uh, I feel like we could probably chat for, for hours and hours and hours <laughs> because, you know, we're, yeah, we're yeah, just... Yeah, don't, don't get me started, rabbits. Don't get me started, rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate, absolutely. <laughs> but but before we wrap up tonight, mate, you, uh, mm. you have a radio show and you have a YouTube channel, so I'd love for you to give that a plug and, you know, hopefully we can get some of our listeners over to, to you and to check out some of yeah. your stuff. Thank you, Cade. Yeah, I've got a YouTube site. Uh, it's got quite a few podcasts and good videos there. One of those videos is about Rendlesham Forest, um, amongst a, a number of other really good cases, Frederick Delentich, um, the Gossard Files, which was a very interesting flap that happened in the early 90s in, in the Central Coast. Uh, worth a look, and that's uh, U-F-O-Y-O-U, um, and that's my YouTube site. And um, I have my show on Mondays, uh, Australian Eastern Standard Time, at between 2 and 3, um, on NIM FM, N-I-M-F-M, uh, which is Nimbin Community Radio. You don't have to be in Nimbin to hear it because it is live streamed. So if you just Google up NIM FM, uh, follow the prompts and listen and boom. Uh, I'll be talking about UFOs between 2 and 3 on Mondays. And what I'll do there, Doug, if you can uh, shoot me over links to all your, your stuff there, I'll um I'll pop them in the show notes. So if anyone is interested in that, they can just jump in the, the notes below and go check you out directly. That'd be super. But, yeah, Doug, thank you so much for coming on the show, mate. You were super interesting to talk to. And, uh, mate, I think you and I will be uh, staying in touch for quite a while. Oh, I hope so, Kate. I, I've really enjoyed it too. You know, like as I said, it's uh, you know, like uh, after being and you know, as I said, in mainstream media for twenty years and having to put up with some of the most inane questions I could ever think by people who knew nothing about the subject apart from whatever you know Hollywood movie they'd seen. Um, yeah, it's a real, you know, it, it's so refreshing and and wonderful to talk to someone who knows, who understands the subject, who understands the complexity, the nuances um, of the subject, which, as we've discussed, is, is, you know, is no small feat. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Believe Paranormal and UFO podcast. If you have had an encounter and you would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. Finally, Don't forget to follow us on all our social media outlets and be sure to join our Discord server to talk to other listeners of the show. You'll find all these links in our show notes. Thank you. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.